Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer, and today on the show, we have the immense pleasure of being joined with William Shields, who is the CEO of an incredible startup, SynthMinds.ai. We're going to be diving into everything that he's doing, everything he's working on. This is a really cool startup, and he's got an amazing background. Um, I wanted to give you all a, a brief bio and background on him. So he is actually... Um, he has a background as a U.S. Navy supply officer. He has over 16 years of leadership experience in organizational leadership and supply chain management. And he excels in harnessing AI and data analytics to make, you know, really solid decision making and optimize client outcomes. So he is renowned for his expertise in machine learning, natural language processing, implementing AI-based solutions across a bunch of different business challenges. Welcome to the show today, Wes. My gosh, Jaden, it's uh, well, it's an austere pleasure to be here. Um, my mom would probably appreciate that uh, introduction. It was the uh, nicest thing anything anyone's ever said about me. Just clip that out and send that to her. We won't get into the rest. No, you don't have to I'll send the rest it. of the interview. Jaden said I'm uh, a special boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, well, super excited to have you on. I'm wondering, can you tell everyone? I want to get into your background a little bit, but talk to me a little bit about SynthMinds.ai, what yeah. it is, what you guys are building there. You know, so we're a consortium of uh, AI enthusiasts, and that's really how it began um, with, uh, with you know, ChatGPT coming on the scene uh, last year, having just celebrated an anniversary. Um, I mean, it captivated the world, and folks like you and I uh, immediately took interest and, uh, and, and just started dreaming up the possibilities. Um, I, I have to make mention of your your podcast uh, AI Applied with Connor. I mean, I, I talk a lot about in our work about use cases. Um, so as soon as that came out, I'm like, they get it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. These guys get it. Um, but anyway, um, so here at SynthBinds, uh, what we kind of do is... Um, we're, we're premier integrators of any of these AI tools and technologies. We have some solutions um, that we have built that help companies get up and running with okay. AIs, particularly generative AI, um, okay. faster. Um, and then also, we've kind of found ourselves in this um, this niche as um, AI educators and speakers because uh, a lot of companies, especially this past year, came came out of the woodwork and said, "Hey, I want the AI shiny thing." But what that really translated into is they wanted to understand some of the possibilities. Um, so, so along those lines, what we did is uh, spun up a whole bunch of uh, educational resources. We have over 20 courses we've developed, uh, five of them on the uh, Uplimit platform, um, which is a platform, um, adult learning platform founded by some of the original Coursera founders. They're tremendous partners. Um, and yeah, so uh, basically what I like to tell people is we're a full service AI agency. And whatever you're thinking about in the realm of AI, uh, we can either build it for you, teach you about it, talk about it, or point you in the right direction. Super, super cool. That's amazing. Okay, so I got to ask, right? You're sitting there, you're consulting, you're helping these companies implement AI into their organization. What is like the, I'm sure there's a lot, but like what is a, a consistent theme? What's the number one thing that's the most difficult that these companies are struggling with when implementing AI into their corporation, their business, their profession, whatever? Well, I think um, one of the kind of downsides folks in our business maybe face is um, ChatGPT kind of made the world 
think that there's an easy button with with AI. Uh, these are probabilistic models. So if you're in a regulated industry, for example, uh, you can't have that that drift that, uh, you know, answering questions in a different way each time. It needs to be regimented and controlled and predictable. And as I'm sure you and your audience knows, with, with AI, uh, especially these these large language models, um, that's, that's not a sure thing. Uh, so I think one of the things that has been probably the most difficult to convey to folks is, hey, this is not an easy button. Just because you saw some guy do it on Twitter doesn't mean that we can do this for a few hundred bucks across your, you know, 2,000 member organization. Um, and then also, too, like these models are, are very, very hungry for data. So the the quality of the output is definitely um, benefited and increased, enhanced by the result of some of the input files. So if you're building a RAG stack, retrieval augmented generation, or doing a top layer fine tune, um, it helps a lot if the, the company already has a, a, a data policy and some processes and controls mm. for, for how their data um, exists today. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of companies uh, don't have that. So to be able to truly leverage some of the uh, the power and capabilities of AI, um, they have to start really with uh, with getting their arms around their data. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, something I heard about you that I think is very interesting is you have over four hundred thousand likes on your Flow GPT uh, prompts. Tell everyone about what Flow GPT is, what those prompts are, why that's important. Uh, very interesting. Four hundred thousand that's a lot well hey you know uh i think one of the things that's really important to us at synth minds um is we want to deliver value uh kind of across any price point and and even if that's free in a lot of yeah. instances so flow gpt is just a it's a wrapper it's an interface that people can use to interact with large language models plug different mm -hmm. ones in and out um and kind of shop for prompts um you know there's a few of these other type of platforms like prompt base for example that's a, a platform you can go and, and shop for different prompts um i think you know i i benefit a little bit from just being consistent and being early um on mm -hmm. these platforms posting a lot, posting regularly, and then having some things catch on. Um, like, I think I have the top selling travel prompt in the world. Cause Heck that's a yeah. thing, you know, well, what is it, what does it do? Well, you know, back six, eight months ago, before anyone really understood anything, it, it would just pull together an itinerary from a bunch of different little bits of information that a user would feed it. Hey, I want to take a trip to, uh, this location uh, for this many days. I mean, no different than what a GPT is going to do in this new GPT store. Uh -huh. But uh, back in the day, it would just do that and put it in a nice markdown table, an itinerary format, and that just wowed a lot of people. I put, you know, full, full, fully realizing that hey, some of these restaurants and locations may not exist at all. Like these may be <laughs> hallucinations. So use at your own risk. But you know, this is a is. It saved people maybe 70, 80 Google searches at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then we see Expedia and Travelocity rolling out these same tools right now. I just saw a commercial in the football games last weekend for Expedia's chatbot, where it's just like, hey, I want to go someplace warm with my dog. You know? Yeah. That same deal. Okay. I got to ask you because it's a question I'm obviously building in the AI space as well. I have a no-code AI app builder and marketplace that I'm yep. currently working on. And so like, I, I would be curious based off of what you're seeing in this space, the, the consulting that you guys are doing over at synth minds and how you're helping people work on. And also, you know, your experience as a celebrity flow GPT prompt creator. Yeah, 
Um, where do you where do you predict? Where do you see the market going? Is the market going to eventually just consolidate to where every software company is going to embed the AI into their platform, like we're seeing with Expedia, or is it going to be some sort of you know place where people are grabbing prompts and doing it themselves on ChatGPT? Where do you see this going? Because I've heard both sides of this yeah. debate and argument, but I'm curious. No, your I mean, I, I think the GPT store offers really the first touch point for a lot of people to interact with LLMs in a much more captivating way. I heard on your podcast this afternoon and it was just resonated with me so much. Uh, Connor was talking about how the chat GPT interface in and of itself is kind of intimidating for some mm. people. It's like, hey, here's this, this box. It can do anything. Where do you start? For a yeah. lot of people who aren't going to spend time, you know, reading uh, a dozen research papers a week and, and combing the uh, annals of the internet for prompt engineering factoids and, and this, that, and the other thing, like, like me and my colleagues are, um, that's, that's super intimidating. And then they might try that surface level, you know, dip their toe in the water, not real, realizing how deep the rabbit hole goes. Um, so kind of with that, um, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of people that, you know, aren't going to really care, I think about, about learning AI literacy, about learning prompt engineering, which is a, which is a problem. We should understand some of the limitations of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we, 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 we're going to move into a world where it's going to be folks like who are building GPTs, folks like you, folks who have, have uh, learned how to talk to AI, um, building prompts as a service, building these different type of platforms. And that's a natural stepping stone into um, foundational models by industry, which I know big companies like PwC are partnered with OpenAI, building the HR foundational model, mm -hmm. the operations foundational model. I mean, I think it's going to be to a point here next year, if we were to circle back, um, you're going to see people and stores and marketplaces emerging where you can sell your own model, kind of like yep. you would pick out a, a cell phone or a car. And yeah. it can have different capabilities, you know, maybe it can sh use a, a blockchain cryptocurrency to buy and sell things online, um, can do customer service interactions, multimodal. Uh, I think that's the natural progression of things. Um, ultimately, I do not see the whole world becoming expert prompt engineers. Uh, they're going to interact with LLMs through, through apps um, or through what some of the bigger companies have decided Hey, this is what you want based on your input. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. And uh, I think right now we obviously have like, oh my gosh, ChatGPT and maybe MidJourney and maybe Eleven Labs and like a handful of those other companies that are kind of like best in class in their vertical being like the go-to. Um, I think this is going to get fragmented, like you mentioned. There's going to be a there's going to be a GPT by industry. That's you know people that have specific data sets. We're already starting to see this. We're like yesterday, Getty Images and iStock said, yeah. "Hey, we're creating an image generator." Why not? Um, and it's like, yeah, because they have this custom data set that no one else has. No one else can touch. I guess uh, OpenAI kind of trained some stuff on iStock, and there's like a lawsuit, so they got to pull it out. Well, of there's going to be a couple of those too. Yeah, there, there's all that kind of stuff. But like at the end of the day, whoever has the data is going to build their own AI models. They see the value in there, and so there will be thousands of the thousands of these and uh i think that's for the i think that's for the better the more fragmented the better because they'll be essentially more fine-tuned for that specific use case and so we'll have Absolutely. better quality outputs in, in those specific areas i'm excited for it okay wes something that's so fascinating about you that i i'll be curious to dig into you have a background working at the navy tell me about like what got you into um ai what interested you in the 
you know, in the first place, what role the, the Navy maybe and your training yeah. there plays into all of this. Give us a little bit about your background. Well, if you, my background, literally my physical background didn't give away. I kind of into technology, just, just <laughs> a little bit. Um, so everything from like building computers, having land parties and in, uh, you know, friends basements, uh, back in the day, um, that's where we would physically carry a computer this size and the monitors to, to a friend's house to network them together. Yes, kids. That's, that's what us old timers used to do. Um, but, uh, what, what, um, really kind of, uh, got me to this AI pathway um, uh, via the Navy is I've always wanted to kind of serve and contribute and, and give back in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's, it's been my life for 20 plus years now um, as a, as a supply corps officer in the, uh, in the Navy. But um, you know, through, through that, I've, I've gotten some of the best education in the world. Uh, been trained on all, a lot of these AI systems and and products, um, and uh, hope to give back um, in in a lot of different ways um, uh, through some work with some uh, some various um, naval entities uh, with some of my newfound AI knowledge. I kind of say I, I I play the Batman Bruce Wayne role, but in reverse. At during the day, I'm Batman in the uniform, going out there and uh, and kicking butt. For our nation, but then at night I put on the Bruce Wayne outfit and uh, be an AI executive. That's that's amazing. That's awesome. So, are you currently still working uh, yeah. in the Navy? Yes. Okay. Amazing. Holy smokes. How how is that? And is there? I mean, I'm just like out of a curiosity perspective. Is there some sort of like rules about like what kinds of businesses you can work on on the side? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Is, there's there's yeah. a whole bunch of different uh different ethical considerations that I have to make and forms I have to file, but I've got a really supportive chain of command. And, and ultimately it's probably going to be of the benefit of, uh, of the Navy with some of the things that, um, hopefully we're, I'm, I'm going to be able to help the, the Navy do just from, uh, uh, an education perspective or, uh, a few other different, um, projects that I, uh, I hope to, uh, be involved with. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that. That's, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I mean, obviously I have a lot of friends, uh, in being in the startup space, a lot of friends in startups that previously worked at like big companies. Um, they wanted to do their own kind of thing. A lot of times like, the company would find out and be like, Hey, you can't work on your own thing and then fire them or whatever. There's like all the falling out and all that kind of stuff. That's, but I think that there, it's a big loss because they're working on things that could be beneficial for the company. And anyways, I know there's like all the, the IP and different things. So different companies have their own rules and that makes sense, right. whatever. But I think that's really cool from, from your experience <laughs> that you still have the ability to uh, continue working on this new project and you're going to be able to bring so much value back to the Navy and like what an awesome way for the Navy to get that extra, uh, that I extra. Mean, absolutely. Because you know, the, the fact is uh, we've kind of come about this in a very different way than a lot of startups you know, begin as a lot of startups begin as an idea and that gets cultivated and they go out and find an audience or funding or, you know, um, different team members to grow. I went out and just found a bunch of team members being like, Hey, you guys seen this chat GPT thing? It's pretty badass, right? Like what else can we do with it? And, and just through that, like, and, and, and kind of collecting and collaborating with people like uh, my podcast co-host, go to go She's got a, a wonderful 60,000 follower YouTube channel. Um, my, uh, my education lead, Joe Rosenbaum, he's got this Professor Synapse prompt. I don't know if that's popped uh, across your radar every once in a while. It's just kind of your, your master key prompt. It's been viewed and shared way more than any of my stuff has. Um, and he's just such an innovative thinker um, about that. I've, I've kind of 
kind of a bunch of us were together, we're reading papers, we're sharing uh, information and doing some some different jobs here and there. Um, and we're just like, hey, we, we want to let's make a company. Let's we don't know what this is yet. Um, and let's let's see what it can be. Um, one of the, the biggest windfalls I think we had was, um, you know, I had myself lift, listed on Upwork uh, just as freelance talent, which, by the way, if, if your audience doesn't know, check out Upwork for AI talent. Like it is top notch in terms of some of the people that are are putting themselves out there that even if you just need a quick consultation, you don't want to talk to an expert like it's a there's there's Fortune 50 companies that leverage that platform. Um, and we work for some of them, um, you know, to to get some AI talent in there. But um, I yeah, use the biggest, everything. Yeah. The, the biggest windfall for us was um, they said, hey, we like what you're doing in the AI space. Uh, we want you to be in the top one percent, you know, on the enterprise expert vetted team. And oh, by the way, we're partnering with OpenAI. We want you to be one of the first 18 OpenAI experts listed on our platform. And you, I had to submit GitHub code repositories and do interviews with them. I was like, we're going to get kidnapped in our sleep or this is going to be a really good thing for us. And it was um, that that uh, really kind of shotgunned us uh, out of a cannon to doing work with some some Fortune 50 companies, big four accounting firms. I mean, like the, the sky is the limit. And and that's what I really also want to convey to your listeners. Like, I feel like I just was interested in the stuff and held on, you know, like if you know 100% more than the other average person, that's still 100% more than they know, you know? So like, I mean, this, this is the, the amount of opportunity that is uh, unlocked on a daily basis is, is just truly tremendous. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So I got to ask, right. You're in the top 1% on Upwork. So you're out and working with some fortune, uh, fortune 50 companies. You're, you're doing some amazing things. What is one of the top most common misconceptions about AI that some of these people you consult or work with have? I think um, the two things I think that are uh, the misconceptions. One, I touched on easy earlier. That's just the easy button. They can just ask it. There's some, mm-hmm. some magical prompt or sequence of words that are just going to build them a whole platform and, and do this and that and the other thing. Now, don't get me wrong we are absolutely heading in that direction. You know, I think, I think if folks were to do that, want to, that want to build, but maybe don't have that deep um, engineering or coding or mathematics background, like some of us have been exposed to, um, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of possibilities unlocked uh, because, you know, you're going to have different agentic models uh, doing, doing these little steps for you. You'll be, okay, here's my data cleaning model. Here's my, uh, front end model. Here's my back end model. Um, and if you can teach yourself pseudocode, the right kind of instructions, uh, you'll be able to, to get, you know, uh, some tremendous results out of that. I mean, AI only gets better and cheaper. I mean, this is, this is the worst it'll ever be. That's one of the yep. things I always say. And that, yep. that holds true every single day. 100%. Okay. What is one prediction you can make about AI going into the future, let's say in the next one to three years, what are some of the biggest impacts you think AI will have? I think one of the biggest impacts, and we're trying to do, uh, to get ahead of this at one of the companies I'm the fractional CTO of called Morpheme AI. Um, We're the only SAG and AFTRA approved uh, AI voice synthesis studio right now. So one of the things, one of the industries that um, is, is deeply threatened by 
AI voice models is the voice actor industry. Why wouldn't a, a, a company or uh, a game developer just leverage these AI tools uh, instead of paying an actor? Um, well, those AI tools were trained on real actors. So there's going to be this need for attribution. And then attribution also becomes verification. You know, um, I think I saw a stat recently that there are more AI generated images than real images in the world now, you know, um, throughout all history of time, pictures, art, photography, there's more AI generated now. So um, since we've already kind of passed that threshold, um, very, very soon, we're going to need all these different uh, infrastructures to say, okay, what is, what is real? Uh, what, what is actually a podcast coming from Jaden? Is it something that the blockchain is verifying that when I'm listening to it on the Spotify app, there's this little connection that happens? Or is it something that I can check? I can take the, the copy of this uh, recording where it gets posted and run it through an analyzer. And say, yep, this, this, this checks some box. Um, we're already going to start seeing this in camera technology. Uh, I saw that that Canon and Nikon um, are releasing their cameras with this new kind of thumbprinting technology. So when an image is taken in the metadata, it's some verifiable, like this is a real picture that someone took, as opposed to generated. Um, so, I Will mean, that be there's, hackable though? I, I, think so, I think so. But one of the things about like a lot of blockchain tech is it's, at least right now, it's very kind of cost inefficient, cost prohibitive to kind of uh -huh. do that. Like, I don't think people are going to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars to verify if this image was real or not. I mean, they could, right, right. I mean, people are going to try to break this stuff, but um, I think that's going to be one of the things that, uh, that is going to need to emerge because uh, <laughs> as these things get better and better, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating even just to see like mid journey, the same prompt from like a year ago to now. Yeah. I mean, it is truly mind blowing. Um, I mean, there's like like Levi's jeans. They don't use human models anymore. All AI generated models, you know. So um, we're already here with what? The... I didn't realize that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, if you see a Levi's ad from now on, they have said, and and like, look, they 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 couch it under, hey, we want to be more inclusive and diverse with our, you know, advertisements. I'm like, you you could do that with real people too, but mm. we we read between the lines here, you know. <laughs> Like, I love the spin. I, you know what? I gotta give it to them. I always love a good spin. Oh yeah, Back there's there's plenty of that in uh in AI land. I mean, don't you love how every crypto and Web three company became an AI company overnight? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bankrupt or an AI company? Those are your two paths forward to fundraising for yeah. sure. Okay, so that is fascinating and very exciting. You gave us a lot of juicy tidbits there. But one thing that I am curious about is. What is something that perhaps you're worried about, concerned about? You know, you put like a pin in the in the concern balloon on mm -hmm. on AI and what's coming down the pipe. Yeah, I, I couch I, I couch myself as a cautious optimist. Um, okay. I definitely uh, am all for the revolutionary uh, and and earth shattering, game changing possibilities of AI. I mean, I often say like when I'm teaching, my goal is to give that person that you know holy holy s moment where they're like this changes everything with what you just yeah. showed me. I just got so much time back or, or possibilities or, or, you know, be able to put more of their creativity into things. So yeah. um, to that, I think one of the things that I, I'm concerned about is I, I want to make sure that there is at least some measure of attribution that is going to be happening for, yeah. for people in their content. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, 
a, I think it's, you know, we see these, I saw you cover the New, the New York Times stuff that's going on right now with OpenAI. Um, I think that's one thing where, of course, like, you know, because you and I can read an article and have an idea about it and talk about it. And that's not copyright infringement. And mm -hmm. ostensibly, that's what a model is kind of doing. It's just mm -hmm. a for-profit piece. Yeah. But when, when it becomes to get really kind of slippery slope, I think, is when you're doing like art and image creation without that attribution. So, I mean, kind of the way I envision it is you have some sort of system. Again, I, I don't I, I don't know if I want to build this. It's it's you know, but it might be something that that the times necessitate it. But you have some sort of system kind of like Spotify, where if a model trains on your data, on your image, you get like a little streaming credit. You get a little check in the box, you know, hey, hey, they, they scraped your, your information and, um, you're, you're, you're paid for it. You're, you're attributed, um, mm -hmm. in some capacity. I think that is at a minimum where we need to be. Um, or at least, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough. There's, I'm sure you've covered some open source, closed source debates on here. Um, yeah. I mean, right now, I'm very much a proponent of open source models. How, how did this stuff get trained? But at some point, you do want to kind of lock it down. Like when mm. when you can when you can say to a model, like, "Hey, give me a uh, a business plan for a a hot dog stand or hot dog restaurant," right? And it can mm -hmm. it can not only give you the business plan, it can file the permits, it can hire the people, it can take out a loan for you. I mean, like probably want to have some serious regulations on that. So it's not, you know, total pandemonium, um, yeah. but we're not there yet. We, we got to make a lot of steps before we're, uh, we're at the point where um, it should be a little more of a closed uh, ecosystem, at least in some capacities. Uh, that's been the best thing I think uh, throughout this whole movement. You know uh, you have so many people um, playing and building and experimenting with these technologies right now that, and then that's happening all in real time and we're all connected to it because of the internet and social media. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that didn't happen in the internet revolution or the social media revolution. That, that was the, 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 the raw ingredients, but now we have the capabilities to, you know, to synthesize a lot of ideas and, and possibilities together. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. In regard to that, though, I, I do got to get your opinion on this. I think this is going to be important and not enough people are perhaps talking about it. So you mentioned the New York Times and, you know, training on their data, yada, yada. I think a lot of people are mad about OpenAI for, for what they did, scraping the whole Internet and putting it into the model and, and you know, what whatever. Uh, and there's going to be court cases and litigation and that's all going to whatever happens, happens. OK, but my question is, is it short sighted to worry about or to talk about or to think about? that issue in light of like the ability of synthetic data to be produced. Like for example, Amazon, they wanted to train a, a palm reading scanner. So you walk into the Amazon go, it scans your yep. palm and it knows who you are. There's no database of, you know, hands of right. hand pictures to train off. So they literally use something like mid journey to generate a million images of yep. palms, trained it. And now it works on real human hands. Do you think, couldn't we using like Wikipedia and some open source code repositories, things like that, couldn't we, create enough synthetic data eventually we get it so these models can create high high fidelity synthetic data and then that's just what's used to train and all of a sudden it's like not scraped from anyone and this whole attribution like issue is 
gone away with do you you see that in the future i think what's going to happen is it's not going to be this like wheel that hey for gpt5 it needs to be retrained on all this stuff it's Uh like okay we have these base foundation models that will be cornerstones for many years to come um give give these companies and these creators their their due as as we grow on top of that you'll have the opportunities to say opt out of uh, training or, or potentially eventually, you know, be attributed to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think eventually, um, how do I phrase this? Yeah, I think the, 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 the real thing, I totally lost my train of thought right there. Um, but, uh, let's see. Synthetic data. Is it going to kill? Data, right, right. So the, that's right. That's where I was going to it. Synth, you know, I should be on top of this type of thing. Um, but uh, the we don't want to, we don't want to discount um, throughout this process the the creativity um, of the individual the at this point because one thing that I don't think we've really experienced yet is what can happen when someone puts a hundred percent of their creative self into say writing something or painting something or creating something. What I mean by that is like if I'm typing an article right now and I'm thinking about it and I'm kind of in that flow state, invariably like there is an energy expenditure of me moving my fingers, pressing sure. the backspace button. Oh, I misspelled this. That while not a huge thing does take away from the possibilities of what just that full creative you know mindset could pour into that. Now that AI affords us the ability to like kind of offload the commodity of execution, like you execute, I will have all the ideas. I will mm-hmm. continue to iterate and work with you. You get that transcendence. So I, I want to see that play out a little more um, in, in the coming years because I, I, I believe all these AI tools, you know, they end up being an exponential to someone's, you know, natural talent and expertise. Um, I can create a photorealistic image of a model, but I'm not a photographer. Um, someone that has that depth and breadth of experience that can talk about composition and lighting styles and, and how something should be framed invariably can probably make a more captivating image if equipped with those type of tools. That's one of the great, Mm -hmm. great things about AI. Everyone's perspective is, is valuable. Um, because you know, you bring that to the table, you put your expertise into it and, uh, AI is just an exponential. I love it. Um, Wes, this has been an absolutely, absolutely fascinating conversation. I love your perspectives on a lot of this stuff. If people want to find you, find more about what you're, you know, find out more about what you're building and working on, what's the best place for them to do that? Well, please uh, drop by our website, synthminds.ai. Uh, check me out on LinkedIn, uh, shields-wes, and also uh, synthminds, uh, our page there. Um, we have a couple different technologies that uh, we use to help uh, businesses get up and running. Um, Neural Dreams is one of them. That's our rag stack, our, our custom rag stack in a, in a SaaS platform, neuraldreams.ai. Uh, I mentioned Morpheme during the uh, discussions. That's our uh, voice studio. And then uh, one that is uh, going to be burgeoning on the scene here very soon. That's uh, innovationai.com. That's our polymorphic multi-ingentic orchestration framework. Yes, those are words. Um, that basically is a, a framework to allow companies to build an entire agentic organization, much like an org structure you would, and give it a task and say, you know, 
go to it. And it's self-evaluating. It can build new agents as it needs to. Um, we're really, really excited about some of the possibilities that that's going to unlock. So, also, so excited. And then, I, I mean, I got I got a lot going on. I, I, <laughs> uh, we got great courses on Uplimit, uplimit.com. Check, press that no-code AI button. There's five courses on there uh, that we do. Okay. Um, some of the ones coming up I'm really excited about. Uh, we have two different data analytics courses that we're going to be doing where I kind of intend to teach an entire data science master's degree without math and without code. Um, wow. And I'm going to be presenting this to the Informs conference in April as well. So, I mean, like the the possibilities that now we can equip a bunch of people with stuff that really only someone who went to graduate school or school for a lot of years could do in the past um, is tremendously exciting to me. Um, and then check out uh, us on uh, How to Talk to AI. Uh, that's our podcast, uh, myself and GoToGoes. Uh, we've been on hiatus from the first season. Season two's kicking off here real soon. Um, but please uh, look us up. Love to connect. Uh, we've got a, a great Discord channel. You know, we're out there. Amazing. Well, I'm super excited to start listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow uh, follow William on LinkedIn, William Shields. I'll probably leave a link in the description to that as well so great. people can find that. But yeah, phenomenal having you on today. To the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Chat Podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and have a fantastic rest of your day.